Father, we just thank you for this message right now, Father. Thank you, Lord, for the confidence, Father, that you're instilling in us, Father. Confidence to stand, Father. Confidence to stand through the wiles of the devil, Father. Thank you, Lord, that you're giving us confidence, Father, that when the fiery darts come, that we will repel them, Father. That you're giving us confidence, Father, that when the enemy comes in like a flood, you are raising up a standard and we will live to that standard, Father. I thank you, Lord, that we would see who we are and what we have, but not only see that, Father, but actually use it, Father, and actually put it, our hand to the plow, Father, because if we, don't, if we keep talking about it, it's going to be the, the power of God that has no effect. That It's going to be like those people that we always talk about, that they have a form of godliness, but they deny the power. Father, if we talk, then it's a form of godliness. If we walk, it is the power of God. Because we have to activate the kingdom. We have to open our mouth and let it out. We have to open our hands and heal the sick, cleanse the leopards, cast out demons. Father, let us start opening our hands and opening our mouth, opening our heart, Father, and letting out what's inside of us. There's a well springing up inside of us that is waiting to be released, but the only one not releasing it is you. God is releasing it, but are you releasing it? God is moving. Are you moving? The wheel is turning. Are you turning with the wheel inside the wheel? Father, give us boldness tonight, Father. Faith without works is dead. If we talk about our faith but not work out our faith, we are not working out our salvation with fear and trembling. We are not working and seeing the fruit of our faith. It doesn't matter if we proclaim a faith or pick a faith, but also it matters if we talk about the word but don't walk out the word. Thank you, Father. And this message is called Keys to the Kingdom. Keys to the Kingdom. This is going to go partner along a little bit with Sunday's message, but God's been really downloading on me about warfare too, but in another aspect, how the fight looks like, what it looks like, what you look like doing it, because a lot of us warfare is still like a servant. How many of you know that some of, some of us warfare, but nothing happens? That's because you need to see the revel you see, we, we walk, we try to warfare, and we try to fight the devil, but we fight on his level. We fight on the, on the first heaven. See, it's like there's three heavens. Like Paul said, he said, I, I, was, uh, I know a man that was taken to the third heaven. There's the heavens, then there's the principalities and powers, then there's the kingdom of God. But some of us are still fighting on this level with the enemy, trying to do hand-to-hand -hand combat when you have authority over him. We don't do hand-to-hand -hand combat with him. We tell him to go, and he goes. We don't do hand-to-hand -hand combat with him. We resist him, and he flees. We are seated with Christ in heavenly places. At the right hand of the Father, we are co-heirs with Christ and his inheritance. We are co-heirs with the right hand of the Father. We have to think like this when we warfare. We have to believe on this when we warfare. We have God. We're going to get into it, but we have the keys to the kingdom but we're not using it. We have the keys, but we're not getting in the car and turning the key. I don't care if you have the keys. Everybody that's born again has the keys, but not many are having the victory that comes with the keys because it's pushing, it's the plows there, but you're just looking at it. Yeah, I got it. It's right here. Haven't used it in a while. Haven't used the lawnmower in a while. Why is the grass looking terrible? I got a lawnmower, right? Yeah, it's in the garage. Great, get on it, get going, put gas in it, let's go. 
And that's the same thing how us, we have all these things in Christ. We talk about we're crucified with Christ. We can bind and lose. We can do all these things. So why aren't you doing it? Because we have this thing in our mind, we think it's going to be automatic, and we're automatically going to be crucified with Christ. We're automatically going to be set free. We're going to, the devil's just going to go but just because. No, you have to tell him to go. You have the power inside of you. You have the word, and the word is your equipment. If you don't know this word, you don't know what you have. Keys to the kingdom. And the glory which thou hast giveth, Gavest me, I have given them. The glory that God gave Jesus, he has given you now. The same inheritance, the same authority, now you is inside of you. And he said, Jesus himself said, greater work shall they do than I. And we see Jesus do all these great miracles and all these great things, but he said greater than that. So how, how high can this go? How amazing can this get? But Jesus didn't just sit around and just say, no, he saw what his father was doing. He walked like he walked. And see, when he saw his, what his father was doing, he didn't just see like, okay, do I go here? No, he's, he saw because he knew his father wanted, well, came to heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. So he knew that it was, that's what his father wanted to do, so he did it. You, you have to know that that's now what the son wants you to do. He commissioned you to heal the sick, cast out demons, and cleanse lepers. Now that's inside. Now that's your commission. That's the kingdom of God. That's what the kingdom has come here to do, to set the captives free, to heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, to bring revival to the nations. This is what the kingdom of God is for. My kingdom is not of this world. He said, if my kingdom was of this world, I would have soldiers and they would go fight the Jews or the Romans to make sure I don't die. But I'm going to die because it's not about this. It's about my soldiers in the spirit that are going to war against enemies, principalities, and powers. That we war not against the flesh, but principalities, powers, whatever, all that, whatever it says on the rest. We war against something that we cannot see, but we can feel, that we can hear, that we don't see, but that we can know, but not perceive. But we perceive in the spirit. We know what's going on in the spirit. We all have a spirit. Our spirit, man, is where our identity is. But we still have a house. And that house is called the flesh. That house, that's what you inherited from Adam's fall. But now God has given you back your inheritance in, from, the, from the garden and now given you your, a, a, a brand new spirit, put you back in that same place. And now he says, okay, now you try it. You talk about Adam all the time. Now you are Adam. I was the firstborn from the dead. Now you die. I overcame, now you overcome. You saw the model. You saw how I did it. The model of how we're supposed to walk, it says that we're waiting for the full stature of Christ. That's the full stature of Christ, what Jesus walked. That's where we're getting. That's where we're headed. The same works, the same miracles, the same authority that he had. It said that he, had, he spoke as one that spoke with authority. If we're not speaking with authority, we're not speaking from the, the authoriter, the authorizer. He authorized us to walk in authority. He even gave the disciples that they didn't even have the Holy Spirit powers over demons and powers. And they casted out demons. They went door to door, casted out demons, healed the sick, cleansed the lepers. They were doing it all without even the Holy Spirit, just by his word. And now you don't only have his word, now you have his spirit. That's, that's called the double portion anointing, his word and his spirit. That's the Elisha pulling on Elisha's mantle, give me a double portion type thing. Because those guys, even the, those guys were casting out demons using his name. And Jesus said, leave them alone. They're, they're, if they're not 
against me, they're, if, they're not, if they're for me, they're not against me. And they were still moving in a sort of power. But now we have, it says, if you cast out demons by the finger of God, the kingdom of God has come upon you. See, many are casting out demons by the name, and some are wrestling with demons, and, and we even have some talking to demons. But now we have the keys to the kingdom to cast out demons. If you cast out demons by the finger, the kingdom of God. Now the kingdom of God is inside of you. Where is the kingdom of God? Don't look low here, low there, everywhere around you. Look inside of you. The kingdom of God is in you. Those who are born again, the keys are right there. And he's given you power. See, we look at the kingdom of God inside. Okay, we're like, we poke it with a stick and we're like, okay, kingdom, move. Move. No, he's saying you move. After tonight, I, I believe that we're going to get, some of us are going to get this word in us and we're going to start to, the spirit is going to start to move because God is not going to turn your, your belly into wine until you let the water in. You need to fill yourself with the word and then he starts to stir the pot, turn it into wine and it starts coming out of you, revelation type thing. See, but you need to get, you need to get the word and you need to have this, this word flesh in you and God starts to move on it. And you start moving in the spirit with things you didn't even know you had in the spirit. Matthew 16, 19. And I will give unto thee the keys to the kingdom of heaven. I will give unto you the keys. And he said before that, he said, upon this rock, not Peter. He was talking to Peter saying, upon this rock, I shall build my church. And then following that, the chief cornerstone, the chief apostle said to a disciple, and I will give you the keys to the kingdom of God. Upon this rock, the, the builder now gave the keys to his builders, his co-laborers, his co-workers. Now you have the keys with him. Even though he's the chief apostle, you still have the things that are under his feet. All things are under his feet. Your co-heirs, now all things are under your feet. But do you believe it? Are you going to walk in it? See, you need to fight. When we fight and, and warfare and, do, and live life, we need to fight with these things on our mind. I, I shall set my mind on the, on the Lord, continue on his word and his laws, and it shall keep me in perfect peace. You need to set your mind on these things. It's his, see, we make it sound like, oh, it's, you, you, these guys are crazy. They're telling you you have power. You have the, this is Jesus' words we're talking about. He said, I shall give you the keys. He didn't say, the key is me, so... Just wait for me to turn the key for No, he said, you now have the keys. This is my, my red lettering tells you you have it. And, that, and God even made it especially for you to make sure it was in the word so that when the devil comes to try to convince you, no, you don't have no keys, you don't have no authority, you can say, it is written, Satan. What did Jesus say to Satan all those times in the wilderness, 40 days, 40 nights? It is written, it is written, it is written, it is written. Get out of my face. The written word backed him up as well. See, there's going to be a day, there might be coming a day where the Bible, it won't be around. So what are people going to do? The Spirit of God, right? But God gave us this extra grace for this extra particular time to make sure we have it written so that our carnal mind can't say nothing against his word. Because if we didn't have that, see, this is God's mercy. He didn't have to write, have any testament of the word to help us. But the written word is the testament of the living word. But the living word is really the word. But the written word is to help me know where to go to find the word, to help me know what the living word lives for and what the living word is about. So I go there. I go to the spirit. See, we, people go to the written word 
But then, the, and then they end there. But I, we go to the living word and we look at the written word as confirmation. We hear from God, we look in the book and say, oh, that's what he's speaking about. Oh, that matches up. That makes, if it's not lined up with the word, it's not the word. That's why he made sure he made the written word. For your sake, as, a, as another witness, he gave you a witness, the Holy Spirit. And on top of that, he's like, let's give you the written word as a witness too. Where two or three shall be gathered. See, this, these things are helping us witness to stay on a firm foundation. But really, our foundation needs to be him himself. And I have given you the keys unto the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever, sh whatever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Whatever you, not him, don't wait on him to bind it. You get attacked by the enemy. See, we need to know we, we got authority over there. When he comes, we can bind him. We can loose him out of people, out of things. But we just wait. Okay. My, what, what, see, now if you're in sin or whatever, that's another thing. You need to repent. But if you're not in sin and the enemy's coming out of you, bind, loose. They're in, they're in that second heaven, but you can bind them. You, you speak. You, 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 you see, we don't, we don't wrestle with the devil. We speak to them. Not speak with them like they're doing in other churches. No, you tell them, you tell it to go. Don't wait for God to tell it to go. Submit to God, but if I so want to submit to God, I need to submit to his word, right? And his, but his word tells me now you have power to bind and loose. So really, when I'm submitting to this, but I have to submit, see, that's this, let's go back. You got to make sure you submit in everywhere because if you're not submitting everywhere, that's, then you're, it's called rebellion. But if you're, if, you're, if, not, if you're not out with God or you're, and you're still grown and everything's good and there's no, then... You submit to the word, bind and loose, and God backs you up, and the devil will flee. Resist the devil, and he will flee. You have power. When he's saying resist the devil, he's saying you have power to tell him to go. If you're, if everything, if you're clean, you need to, and you're not feeling, you're feeling all these fiery darts, these emotions come upon you, you're feeling these thoughts come in your mind, you need to tell it something. You need to stop just sitting there and say, why am I feeling like this? No, who cares why you're feeling like this? You're in a war, like Shane said. You are in a spiritual fight against principalities and powers. They are using, see, you are not at war with flesh and blood, but the enemy is using your flesh and blood to wage war on you. So you need to die to your flesh, but also, what about when I'm not in the flesh and the enemy still comes? You need to tell him to go. But you can even tell, you have power over your own body. What, what does it say? That the power is in the tongue. Life and death. You should be telling your own body, no, body, you're not going to tell me when to do this or when to not do that. You're not going to let your body feel, if, you, if you're trying to go, I'm not, whatever, if you're going to be tired or whatever, and you, see, you give in. See, we let the enemy have fire, uh, have, have, have his way. We let whatever comes, all the emotions, we have that authority over our emotions, over our thoughts. We let it happen. It's not him. And even though the enemy does it, you still cannot even blame the enemy because you allowed it because he's given you authority over it. So that's why we say, don't blame the enemy. You're to blame. The enemy's going to be here until the end, until God ends it all. So you have to deal with that, but you have to know that he has no right to come into you and just take over you. He has no right to just start making uh, mindset strongholds and all these things happen unless you did it. And then we have things that have been there for a while that have come over the process of time, but now you have power to loose it from yourself. You have power to tell that thing to die at the root. You need to speak to it. We're going to get into that more. 
Whatever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you, in other words, and whatever shall be loosed on earth shall be loosed on earth. In other words, what you allow here will be allowed there in the spiritual realm. What you don't allow won't be allowed in the spiritual realm. What you allow to happen in your heart and mind will start to take place in, with powers and principalities and, and the fight, but, and, and vice versa. But what are you going to allow? What's happening over you in the spiritual realm? Is there a dark cloud? Well, why did you allow it? Okay, cool. You didn't do anything to, to have it, but why are you sitting there letting it dominate? Because you have kingdom dominion over it. We have dominion. There's different authorities. There's authorities over, over, over different, different regions and all that stuff. That's, called, that's apostolic. But over your life, you have authority to tell things to move out of your way. And even the next two chapters after that, he even repeats it again to them. Whatever you shall bind on earth, whatever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed and bind in heaven. He says it again to them. So if he's telling them again that they have this authority, he's, when, he, when Jesus speaks about something twice, it's, it's an emphasis like, hey, when you get attacked by the enemy, don't come running to me. You better tell him to go running and I'll back you. It's my authority. I told you to use it. It's like you're the king's man. He's the king, but the, king's, the king told the king's man, well, when something happens, I give you my king seal that they shall, this shall happen, that shall happen, and you execute it. And if somebody violates it, then they have to face the king. They have to face consequences. So do they go, king, king, he's, gone. he's doing that. What do we do? No. They execute it themselves because they have the paper here. Uh-uh, this is the edict. You can't do this. You can't do that. You got to go here. This is now what you have. Now you have the edict. Now he said, now you shall bind and loose. You have king, kingsman authority to do that. So stop running to the king and wasting his time when he's ready to just come home and give you a cup of water and come home and give you some manna. You need to just execute it and stop every, over every little petty thing we let in. Why do we let petty things? Because we let it in. But we need to just, we need to quench those petty things. The enemy comes and uses our flesh and tries to feed it. We need to bind the enemy. Binding and loosing needs to start becoming a part of our vocabulary. I bind you. I loose you. I don't care how you do it, whatever you do it. Just know that you have authority over it and, and it's not allowed. And if it keeps coming, you keep standing. Like Shane said, when, 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 when the attacks come, when all is done, stand. It, it is finished now. You made it finish. Now it has to go. So even if he lingers around, eventually God is going to remove him. Resist the enemy who will flee. Matthew 12, 28 through 29. Or oh, sorry. 12, 28 through 29. But if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God then the kingdom of God has come unto you. Or else how can we enter into a strong man's house? So this is right when the Beelzebub thing happened and all that. And he said, if I cast out devils by the kingdom of God. He wasn't sitting there like the exorcist, like the Catholics going on two hours. He's still, he's still doing it. He's still rolling around the bed. What do we do? No, he was, boom, see you later, home run. And they said, oh, no, 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 no. That is... But, they, but really, they were looking at the people. But then he said, if I cast out demons by the, the kingdom of God is upon me. That's why that happened like that. That's why I walk around with all this authority. 
because the kingdom of God is upon me. The kingdom of God is upon you. See, this is the confidence that we need to have that the kingdom of God, the authority, is now upon you. I'm not the authority to just go to any church and tell anybody, you need to do that, you need to do that. That's fleshly authority you're thinking of. You're thinking in the flesh. No, authority over princes, principality spirits, anything that tries to come in your life, the canker worm, all these things, as long as we are clean with God. See, when we're not clean with God, that's what starts to revoke our authority. And then we need to go in daddy's little shed in the back and get a little spanking and get, it, and get back in. That's just the way it is. But if, if all's well, people, the enemy's trespassing. Your flesh is trespassing. When the flesh comes to try to tempt you, to try to get you to do the things that you formerly did, you need to bind it. You need to t rip it out. You need to tell it. You need to proclaim. And you want to talk about, uh, oh, uh, let's uh, name it or proclaim it. Well, name your flesh dead. Stop naming houses and cars when you can't even get your flesh under control. Name it and claim it. Claim crucified with Christ. And then you'll see yourself crucified with Christ. See, but I'm not talking about just the thing, oh, I'm crucified with Christ, but then I'm just going to do this, that, and the third. No, that when that thought comes even to try to get me to do it, I tell the thought, that's not even me anymore, so get out of here. You're going to try to get me offended like I used to be? Well, I don't got time for that because I'm, I'm, I'm in the kingdom now. I'm a new man in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away, and behold, new things have come. Tell the enemy, Behold. But maybe you don't behold. Do you behold? Who do you say that you are? Like Shane preached before. Who do you say that you are? We, we know who Jesus is. But who do you say you are? Now that you're, you are embedded in his name now, and now you've been sealed with his spirit, not only has he given the name, but he's given you the spirit. Like how much more can he give? Who do you say that you are now? You are a son. But when you sin, you don't feel like a son. Well, the blood, drink the blood. Anybody who wants to remain in me, he must drink my blood and eat my flesh. Why are you not drinking the blood? It gets you right back in. Unless you are one of those that come in through the back door, through lasciviousness, and try to get away with it and say, hey, I can sin, but still drink the blood. Hey, Jesus, don't worry. Right? I got it. No, we're not talking about those type of people. We're talking about people that they fall short, but the glory is still there. They fall short, and they get back in the glory. See, we need to have this boldness. Go boldly to the throne of grace in time of need. We need to go boldly to the cross in time of need. The cross to die, the cross to drink the blood. You mess up. It shouldn't be five days going, oh, I can't believe I did it. No, you need to get over it and drink the blood. Well, why is this? Why do I keep feeling this thing? Like, why well, I just want to beat myself? That's the enemy. He wants to convince you that you don't have that. He wants to, to make the, the, the blood null and void in your mind. See, the blood is all-powerful, but he can make the blood all null and void in your mind and give you unbelief and say, maybe that doesn't work because I feel this way. Who cares how you feel? See, if you go by how you feel, you'll never feel how he feels. If you go by how you feel, you'll never feel the power of the word. For the, for the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Is that just what he did on the cross? No, his red lettering, all his words that he said, that's the gospel. So you shall reap. Give and it shall be given. Die and you shall gain. These are, this is the gospel principles. These need to be embedded in our mind. Not just he died 2,000 years ago and now I get to do what I want. No, all these things, these principles. He gave us the principles of God to walk in the spirit of God. See, the principles of God keep us in the spirit. The principles of God keep us out of the flesh. If any man does not deny himself and pick up his cross, he shall not. 
you're not, you won't have the kingdom. You won't have all these things. You need to pick up your cross. That's the first step. And then when you pick up your cross, then here comes all t other types of warfare where the enemy tries to deceive you and tries to get you to think. That's the one thing he's going to make sure he does when you hear a message like this or you see th these words written. He's going to try to convince you, deceive you to think, no, that doesn't mean that. No, that doesn't mean, no. Like the cessation of all. That's too, no way. Because they're thinking in their carnal mind. He gets you to think in your carnal mind. If it doesn't come from God, you need to cast it down. If it doesn't come from the tree of life, and it doesn't, if when God speaks to you, or you think God's speaking to you, and it doesn't have life and power on it, it's the devil. God speaks. He says, when I speak unto you, peace I leave unto you. He leaves his residue of his glory. When he comes in, the ground is holy. When he comes in, he swoops in. When he comes in, he breaks the yoke. When he comes in, because he's the anointing, right? He breaks the yoke. When he comes in, he liberates. When he comes in, he gives understanding. He, he brings revelation. It's not something I have to think about for five hours. He comes in and just gives it. If any man shall ask, will I give him a stone? Will he give you a stone? No. So why are you getting stones? And why, but you're thinking it's God, it's the enemy. Why is your heart getting hard every time you hear this strange voice talking? It's because it's the enemy. He's giving you a stone. But if he's making you alive like a fish, then it's God. When he speaks to you and it's in it, and it, and it, because the kingdom of God is joy, peace, and righteousness. When he speaks to you and it's joy, and it's peace, and righteousness, it's him. When he speaks to you, it's life. When they're eating from the tree of life, life was filling them. When they're eating from the knowledge of the good and evil, they were dying. Two in the wrong way, from God, their connection with God. But now when we eat from the tree of life, not only do we die to ourselves, but we live to the new man. It's a double thing. And then even after, in that Matthew 18 thing, he says, for where two or more shall be together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. And with that, whatever they ask, they shall have. This is the authority we have. Back to, 12, back to Matthew 12, and, 20, and now we're going to go to verse 29. Or else how can one come enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he first bind the strong man, and then he spoil his house? See, you can look at this scripture in two ways. You can think of the strong man as the devil, which he was talking about the devil because he just said, if, I'm, I'm, because he was just cast out of a demon. Or you can even really look at the strong man to, as your flesh. Your flesh is a strong man. If you, like, like we were talking about on Sunday, if you get your flesh in order, the demons and principalities are allowed in. Now, when your flesh is in, but you even have authority, even if your flesh is under submission, the other strong man comes in the devil, you have power over him too. You have power over both. And his goods, his, the things that he's been, that's what came to my mind when I was reading that, the things that he's been putting in you for years, all the lust, the temptations, all these things that try to stick back to us when we get saved, those are his goods. When we bind the strong man, when we bind his influence, when he comes in and tries to tempt us, when he comes in and he tries to, to give us the bait of offense, when he comes in and he tries to give us whatever device he tries to give us, we bind him and then we start to plunder his goods. Those things start to die in us. Like we said, we don't feed the plant and it starts to die. But the enemy wants to keep feeding and feeding until it gets to a real stronghold. But you have to bind him. You have to loose him from your life. 
You, ha- you cannot come in and try to go. We try to come in. What I mean by hand-to-hand combat is when the devil tries to come in, we try to go, but I don't know about that, but I don't know about it. We have a conversation trying to get out of the mess that he's trying to bring to our mind when we just need to tell him to go. Stop having, stop negotiating with him. Like Shatira said that one time, we, a lot of us negotiate with fear. Well, this is kind of a valid fear because, you know, we're kind of going a little fast in this car right now. Who cares? Does God have your life or not? Well, I'm in the, see, you know, I, I need a little work on this too because I, I get in the woods and things start moving around. I'm like, oh, what's that? What's that? But is God, are you a son of God or not? Are you going to bind the fear? See, fear is going to come, but are you going to bind it? Or is the fear is going to come, are you going to tell it to go? And then as soon as you know it, you start doing this so much, fear doesn't even want to come back because they're like, well, that doesn't work. Let's try something else. What, ha- what happened when Jesus kept overcoming and overcoming for 40 days, 40 nights? Then it said, all right, Satan finally just felt like, right, let me just wait for the opportune time because this ain't working. This continuing battering that we're trying to do here for 40 days and 40 nights, it ain't working. He knows the word. He knows what he's got, and he knows where he's going. So you need to know what you got. You need to know where you're going. You need to know where you're seated. You're not just seated in this chair right now. Your spirit man is seated in heavenly places over all the powers. You need to see yourself like that because that's what the word says. I'm not, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just telling you what the word is saying. So when he comes and he tries to tell you, well, that's not true. This is all, it is written. Heavenly places, it is written. I have the keys to the kingdom. It is written. I shall resist you and you shall flee. It's written. Spoil his goods, except he first bind a strong man. Luke 10, 19. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions, over all the power of the enemy, over all, everybody say all, all. the power of the enemy. Not just one enemy, not just this one. Well, this one's a little too much, a little too big, too much witchcraft. No, all. That witchcraft is getting a little too tough for you. All. And if it doesn't go away right away, it's going away. Don't worry about it. God will take care of it. You keep standing. Just stand. I should have just called this message, just stand, because the enemy keeps, keeps coming in, and then we're like, okay, what is this stuff going on here? What is this attack? Then we start going, rehashing our past, and did, you get, did God convict you? Did God come in and tell you you did something wrong? So why are you listening to the accuser of the brethren? See, the accuser of the brethren will come in and try to act like God and say, you did this wrong, you did this wrong. He's the accuser of the brethren. He's just going to accuse you falsely all the time, unless you really did something. But if you know you didn't do something, you start looking at your past. You start looking at what you did yesterday, today. What did I do wrong? I didn't do nothing wrong. No, no, that's good. That's good. So you just need to tell the enemy. You need to trample upon him. God gave man the power from the beginning. He, he proclaimed it from the beginning and told Adam, you, you serpent, you will be bruised by his heel and your heel will be bruised by his head. You will have power from the beginning. He gave man the power. Now, did man know that? Not a lot of them. Not all of them. Do you know that? You need to know that. It's all over the word. Power over the enemy. Nothing by any means shall hurt you. Are you going to get hurt tomorrow? By the, by the, I'm not, what, what, not going to say people die, whatever God takes people away. God knows you that he has the power, over, the keys to death, hell, and the grave. Really, you have the keys to now 
for death, hell, and the grave because his death is in your hands now. You are, you're, you're, you're now saved by his blood and you, you're, you have all power over hell, death, and the grave. He can no longer put, longer put you back as long, unless you let him back. You have the keys over death. You have the keys over the grave that tries to put you back in the world. You have the keys over hell because you have eternal life now. So now you take part. Every key he has, you have a part in that key. It's his, but it's yours. It's like the father and the 18-year-old son, they share the car. This is my car. This has my insurance on it, but I allow my 18-year-old son to drive it. He can drive it whenever he wants. I give him authority to go to the, the Publix or whatever, whatever he wants to get groceries, whatever he needs to do, but it's still my car. See, and that's, and that's our backing, because if the authority was ours, we'd probably squander it anyway. Just like the prodigal son, he had all these things, all this inheritance, and he squandered it, but we have our father's backing. He says, just, he says to you, just like the prodigal son, the, the other son that wasn't the prodigal said, well, how come he gets a party? He just did all that. I'll throw you a party anytime you want. Just ask me and you shall receive. This is the, the, the kingdom authority we have, that we, when we ask, we shall have. We're going to get more into that. 11.10, Luke 11.10.19. Behold, I give unto you. Oh, we already did that. Matthew 10.1. Jesus summoned his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. See, we talked about that earlier, and watch what happens here. Then Matthew 17, 14 to 20. And when they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and sword vexed. For oftentimes he falleth into the fire and oft into the water. And I brought him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. But what happened just two minutes ago? I give you all the power, all power and authority over sickness, over scorpions. Cast them out. But your disciples couldn't do it. What happened? Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long? Who do you think maybe he was talking? you think maybe he was just talking to his disciples? I just gave you power and you couldn't cast it out? How long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? How, bring him hither to me. Bring him to me and I'll do it. And Jesus rebuked the devil. See, he rebuked the devil. He didn't negotiate with the devil. Even that angel didn't even go back and forth with that devil over the body of Moses. He said, the Lord rebuke you. The Lord has, this is the Lord's body. Don't even try to negotiate with me, devil, because that's the Lord's body right there. He led it for 40 years through the wilderness, so don't even tell me. So I'm not going to even try to accuse you or try to tell you anything. I'm just going to tell you you're rebuked by God. Give it up. And he knows it. What? Then came to his disciples, to Jesus apart, and said, why could we not cast the devil out? Because, right, they just had authority. What? They're like, what? We just had authority to cast demons out. We can't do it now? And Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief. Unbelief is like a snare to the things that you believe. See, those little things that you let, you let come in. Do I, maybe when they were out there casting out the demons, they were like, do we really have this power? Though? Maybe they saw a, little one, a demon resisting and they were like, do we really have this power? This, unbelief comes in and then you, you stop. stop. The, it's the confidence destroyer. It starts making you feel like, I, I don't know if I'm supposed to do this or if I can do this. You were casting out demons and healing the sick when you first got saved because you saw it in the Word and you were so pumped about it, and now you don't cast out one demon in five years. Why? Because you, unbelief. That's it. Unbelief. That's what he says to his disciples here. 
And Jesus said unto him, Because of your unbelief, for I verily I say unto you, If ye have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, ye shall say unto the mountain, What are your mountains tonight? You shall say unto the mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible with you. You have a mountain on your, stop going around the mountain. Tell the mountain to move out of your way. Tell the mountain to go cast into the sea, back into the world where it came from. Tell your addiction, tell your afflictions, tell your temptations, all these things to go back into the sea. Don't wrestle with them. Don't wrestle, wrestle with your flesh and blood. Bind your flesh and blood. See, we, even when we're wrestling with our flesh in the flesh, it says, kill the deeds of the flesh by the Spirit. But the Spirit spoke through Jesus saying, bind it, saying, tell it to go, saying, tell it to be into, go into the mountain. But they just were, couldn't cast out a demon. As it said, even if you just have a grain of mustard, you can cast this demon out. But they didn't because it said, any man that shall ask and believe, it shall be given. But if the, it, it was talking about this, if there's unbelief, it starts to be a tear in your believing. It starts to make you double-minded. A double-minded man is unstable in all your ways. And it really voids your, your unbelief starts to void your faith because you start to Stop, stop having confidence. You stop, start to have, start having boldness. And the enemy sees that and he takes advantage of that. And then you give up. You just start giving up because you, you see the enemy winning. Well, okay, I don't know. Yeah, I don't got this battle. Maybe that's what happened to the disciples. Maybe they just gave up because they were like, oh. But it was really, the battle was in them. The battle wasn't in trying to wrestle with the demon. The battle was in their hearts being convinced that they were supposed to be doing this or that they had the authority to do it. The battle's in your mind. Whatever a man shall believe, he shall have. Even though if he shall not see it, it shall be. Yep. So what will you believe? He, when, I believe when I was talking about that, because people start to say, well, it says whatever, whatever I shall believe, I shall, I shall, well, and they start go, doing houses. Well, how, come, how about the word? You're not seeing half this word being fulfilled in your life. How about you start believing that without seeing that, and then you start seeing it? Seeing isn't believing the kingdom. Believing is seeing. When you start to believe, you start to see. When you start to believe, your spirit starts to quicken and starts to move because your spirit knows that boldness that comes off the word. But is your heart, is your soul going to come in agreement with the word or is your heart or your soul going to come in agreement with the flesh? And then your spirit man just sits back and says, well, okay, that's what he's choosing. You have this body and then you have the spiritual body, but then you have a will, mind, will, heart, and emotion. What you decide with that will is what body will start to move. If it's with... Your flesh, your body, your body will start to sin. Your body will start to give in to whatever temptation or whatever stumbling block starts to come. But if your will submits to the spirit man, you start, your spirit man starts mortifying the deeds of the flesh. Your spirit man starts to take control of the body. It says that I will quicken the mortal body. He will quicken the mortal body. But we have to work through that body, through that identity. Stop looking at this identity. Stop looking at who you are in the workplace or in the world. You need to look at who you are who this man is inside. Every time you look at this flesh, you're going to be like, oh, this flesh is not what the Bible says. You're dang right it isn't. It's not what the Bible says, but your spirit man is. This man's going to die. That man's going to live. This is just the house, but inside of you is the real you. Even if this man does what it does, the blood is there to cover it, and you get back in that man. But you have to live. If you want to live in a victorious life and over continue overcoming, you need to stay in that man. Stay living off that new creation and that new identity. Everything you do needs to have this in mind. 
See, the, you, need to rem, you need to have the, the word needs to be continuing on your mind. And then you start to remember, oh, wait, this is the reality I live in. Not that reality that reality is trying to present. The reality that you see is not the real reality. The reality that the word sees is. But to be able to walk in that reality, you need to walk in the spirituality that God endowed you with. And Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief, for verily I said to you, if you have faith, if you have faith, and Jesus said, when I come back, will I find faith? Faith comes by the word. So what do I need to have going on here? I need to have the word continually. In the, when, the, when, when the enemy comes in and, and comes against the word, I need to combat it with the word. And then I start to, then my spirits, see, when God spoke, in Genesis, he spoke and his word came and the spirit moved. When you stand on the word, when you walk on the word, the spirit starts to move. Why is the spirit not moving? Well, are you standing on the word, though? See, sometimes we wonder why the spirit's not moving and what's going on. But we're sitting here, you're sitting there in doubt and unbelief and, and all the accusing voices and all the things. Of course, he's not going to move. He needs to come in there and now break all that stuff. But... Within, when you stand on the word, the spirit starts to move on that word, just like he did in Genesis when, he, when God spoke and the spirit hovered amongst the earth. When you stand on what he spoke, the spirit starts to hover, starts to hover and take over your body and starts to fulfill the will of God and the purposes of God. For it is God that wills and does in us, but you need to allow God to, to will and do with us if you're doing his will, and his will is his word. Howbeit, these do not come out except by prayer and fasting. Well, maybe, well, guess what? Prayer and fasting, you think about not eating for a week, but how about Isaiah 58, not fulfilling the deeds of the flesh, do, going on to the orphan and the widow? How about that fast? How about that praying? Maybe the demons aren't coming out because you're in the flesh, because you're not fasting the flesh. Oh, we fast the flesh 24-7. The flesh fast is, doesn't end. You do a seven-day fast, you're not done fasting. You're still fasting until Jesus comes back, but you need the fast is don't do what you want, do what he wants. The fast is don't fulfill the will of your flesh, fulfill the will of God. That's your fast. You want to say, oh, let me fast. Well, get in the spirit. That's your fast. Walk in the spirit. That's your fast. Don't do what your, what your flesh is pulling you to do. Do what he's urging you to do. Do what he's convicting you to do. See, God doesn't pull you and try to entangle. You need to give into his conviction. You need to give into his unction, but you need to Seek his unction, and then you start to function. Numbers 20, 1 through 12. Then came the children of Israel, even the whole congregation, into the desert. I'll fast forward here. And they came against Moses and Aaron. And the people chode with Moses and spake, saying, Would God that we had died when our brethren died before the Lord? Why have ye brought up the congregation of the Lord into this wilderness that we and our cattle shall die? Why, why are we dying? Why is this all happening, Moses? And wherefore, have ye made us to come up out of Egypt and bring us into this evil place? It is no place of seed. There's no fruit. There's no nothing. Nothing's happening. Where's, where's the manna? Where's the quail? Remember, where's the water? Like before with the, when you hit the staff. Neither is there any water to drink. Six. And Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, and they fell upon their faces, and the glory of, of the Lord appeared unto them, and the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, So here's, here's the children of Israel 
crying out, complaining, and doing all these things like they usually do. And this is God's response. And the Lord spoke to Moses. Did the, does the, what do you think is going to happen here? If you don't know this verse. Do you think, the, you think God's going to rebuke them? What do you think he's going to do? Do you think God's going to correct them? Hey, take the rod. This is the Lord speaking to Moses. Take the rod and gather thou the assembly together, thou Aaron and thy brother, and speak unto the rock. And before their eyes it shall give forth the, his water, and thou shalt bring forth to them water of the rock, so thou shalt give the congregation and the beasts drink. See, this was God's response. Okay, Moses, they're hungry. They're Go speak to that rock and let it out. This was his response to you. This is his response to you when you complain and you say, God, where's the manna? Where's this? Where's that? Speak to the rock. He's the rock. Speak to... Paul, you have the... What did we say in the beginning? We, you have the well spring inside of you. Drop the bucket. Just like the woman at the well, she was feeding from the well, but Jesus was saying, I am the one. I can put a well inside of you. And therefore, you'll never have to feed from this well again. You can feed from yourself because I, now I'll feed, feed you inside of you. Speak. And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation before the rock. And he said unto them, Hear now, ye rebels. Must we fetch you water out of, the, out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand with his rod. What, what, wait, what happened? I thought you were supposed to speak, Moses. And with his rod, he smote the rock twice, and the water came out abundantly. And the congregation drank, and their beasts also. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, Because ye believed me not. See, are you going to believe it? Are you going to believe that you can speak, and it shall be? Are you going to believe that you shall ask, and it shall be given? Are you going to believe that you shall bind, and it shall be bound? Are you going to believe that it shall be loosed, and it shall be loosed? Are you going to believe when a demon manifests that you shall cast it out, because you have authority to cast it out? Because you did not believe me, Moses. What does he go on to say? Because you did not believe me to sanctify me in the eyes of the to sanctify me, to make me great in front of the eyes of Israel, you decided to go back to the old way, the old covenant, and still hit with the staff, hit with the word, hit with, but now the word is in you. It's written on your heart. Now you speak it. Don't try to take the word and beat them over the head and save it or, be, or whatever. Speak the word. Because now the river of living water is now inside of you, Moses. This, see, this was a shadow. And then what happens? Therefore, ye shall not bring this congregation into the land which I shall give you. You shall not go into the promised land. If you cannot obey me and speak, it wasn't just obedience, but it was also, this was the new level that God wanted to take the next generation in. Where it wasn't no striving thing, where it wasn't no beat the staff, do this. No, now it was, now you, the kingdom, shadow, dominion, they were going into the promised land and giants were their bread. They were taking out Cities, they were going to Jericho, this place, that place, and taking it over. Kingdom takeover. Because they had the keys to the kingdom. The old way that they walked in the, in the wilderness, it was the fire by night and the cloud by day. But then he, now he puts the fire in you. Now he's given, he gave Joshua and Caleb the, the Ark of the Covenant. Now he said, now you go and you take over. And then when the one came back and gave an evil report that we cannot take over the city because there's too many people... It was an evil report. His own people. When you don't believe that, you shall, that it shall be, when you don't believe what you have, it's an evil report to yourself. 
speak to the rock. The Lord's going to have to rebuke you and say, what are you doing? Stop taking the staff again. Stop doing your old way. I got a new way now. Now you do it. You're my sons. You are an image of me. The world is waiting for the manifestations of the sons and daughters of God. They're waiting for you to walk out like the, like the original son did. How the original son did is how you shall walk. The same authority and power how he went and did, and he didn't have to keep hearing from his father every two seconds, and he did as he saw his father do. That's how you shall do. Not like a servant does, not like someone who, who doesn't know anything does. You know what you have, but use what you have. I don't, I'm tired of hearing all this identity stuff and all this stuff, but nobody uses it. I'm tired of hearing, oh, your son, you got that. Great, do it. What are you standing around for? Why? You, okay, I don't care if you're a son. We're, yeah, we're all sons. Everybody knows, even some Catholics know that. But are they walking like a son? No, they still go back to their rituals and traditions that make the gospel in all effect. You don't need a ritual and tradition when you're breaking traditions. When you are the one breaking the yoke, when you are the one taking over, because the ritual tradition is what's going to try to get me, God. But in the kingdom, I have God, and I walk, I, walk out God, I walk out the kingdom of God within me. It's I release the kingdom. I don't need the kingdom to be released on me. The kingdom is released out of me. Now the well is inside of you. Stop trying to look for some well of water to come. The kingdom of heaven operates through here, within. Just like the Pharisees. What well, was your... It's within you. Don't look around you. Don't even look up because up is in you. Think on things above because above is in you. So what are you going to do? Are you going to, when you need a word, are you going to keep waiting for some voice or something to turn off the TV on and off so you can get confirmation? Or are you going to hear his voice? Because he said that I and my father shall make a throne inside of you. Do you really believe this? He said it. We shall abide in him and he shall abide in us. That we shall be one just as they are, that they shall be one just as me and him are one. But this is not something you're just going to get and just be like, okay, cool. One day I'll walk it out. No, you need to stand on that. Remember that. What, how come Moses, he could have just said, okay, I heard you, Lord. I'll, I'll, I'll speak to the rock. But he didn't feel it. He didn't. He just felt like I wanted to hit the rock. Maybe his flesh was making him feel like that because he, he didn't put his confidence in the word. But maybe if he put his confidence in what God would do, maybe Moses got intimidated by the people and didn't do it because he was afraid it might not work. But it's God's word. He will back up his word. He has to back up his word. Move, test me and I will pour out a blessing on you. I will pour out onto you, press down, shaking over, running over. So... He doesn't, but you shall not test the Lord thy God, but you shall put the word to the test because it is going to bring what it says it's going to bring. He is going to do what he says he shall do. He is who he says he, who he says he is. He is the same yesterday and tomorrow, yesterday, today, and tomorrow. But if you don't walk it out, then you'll never believe it. And you start to really believe it when you start to see it. Mark 11, 20, 11 23. And on the mall, when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry, Jesus. And seeing the fig tree afar off having leaves, he came, if haply he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. For the time of the figs was not yet. And Jesus said this to the tree. 
I didn't even actually, I never even actually read the story. Or I, I read it. See, I, I read all these middle parts because what's going to happen here is he's going to go into the temple. And it's actually prophetic that this is all together. But he goes into the temple next and flips over all the tables and all the money changes and all these things. But I didn't, I never heard this part. And it's funny how many times you can read the Bible but not even realize something like this is in there until God needs you to know it or until God needs you to speak it. See, that's how the Holy Spirit works. When, he, when it's in time of need, in all these things, he starts to bring things to light. He starts to bring revelation when it's the right time. No man eat of thee thereafter forever, and his disciples heard it. So he said, this tree right here, you see this tree no, with no leaves? No man shall ever eat of this tree. And then what happened? Then he went in and flipped the tables. Maybe what he was talking about too was that they shall never eat of this tree from the Pharisees. I, I'm going to destroy the religious system, the kingdom. I'm going to take this tree and I'm going to make sure it's dead so that no man shall eat of it, so that, that the harlot Babylon shall have devils come onto it and the only thing that shall stand is the kingdom of God, is the bride of Christ, is my way, the new Jerusalem that will come in the last day and will be the only kingdom that proclaims itself as God. Maybe he was talking about that. But then if you go down to 19, and when even... And, and when even was come, he went out to the, of the city, and in the morning as they paused by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. So just the next morning, it's dead. And Peter calling to remember it, saying unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursed is withered away. And Jesus answering said unto him, Have faith in God. Watch what he says next, 23. For verily I say unto you that's whosoever shall say unto this mountain. Remember we just talked about that? Whosoever say unto this mountain. He just spoke. He told the tree it's not going to live, and it didn't live. Whosoever shall speak unto a mountain, be thou removed, and be thou cast unto the sea, and shall not doubt. See, don't doubt. Stand on it. Be convinced of it. And shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he, which he shall come... He, he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatever he saith. See, Jesus believed. He was convinced. He was convinced of his authority. He told that tree as a demonstration to those disciples, this is the power you now have that what I just did, you can do if you believe. Peter, walk on the water, believing, believing, unbelief. What brings in unbelief? Well, what brings in, let's go back to what brings in belief. What brings in faith? The word of God. Faith cometh not by hearing, but by, by, by every word that comes from God. I shall live by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. So the word actually brings faith, but what, other, what brings unbelief is the devil's words, is the negative thoughts, is the words that oppose the word, is the words that say, but you shall be like God when they were already like God, that try to twist the word. See, the devil wears white. He knows what he's doing. He's a minister of righteousness himself, but for the wrong cause. See, he's a rebel with the wrong cause. And he comes in, he tries to turn the word and say, well, it didn't really say that. It meant this. It meant that. You're not, I don't have this authority. You don't have that. You need to know the word. Or he's going to come in and twist the word and make you think what his word is saying is what your word is, should be. And then you're going to start going on, posting on Facebook, and people are going to be like, what is wrong with you? What happened to you? And you're going to say, but this is the word of God. No, you heard the word of God from the devil because it has the devil's spin on it. I don't care if you put a scripture out. If it has the spirit, the spirit of the devil on it, or if it has the spin of the devil on it, it's still the devil. It is written, but the, the letter kills and the spirit gives life. So if it doesn't have the spirit's spin on it, or the spirit's gracing on it, or the spirit's revelation on it, it's not the word of God. 
it's still a dead letter. And, I don't, and if you, you can put a Kundalini fake weird spirit on it and have a little power, but the real sons of God know the real power of God. Jesus answering said on the hill, have faith in God. And then he said, and that right after that, he tells them, you shall put up. That's, to me, that's amazing. You shall, now, now you shall do the same. You shall tell the mountain. What I just did, you shall do. He did that all to show them what they have inside of them. And then just skip down, back down to the part that we were at. Which he says shall come back. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, not in lust, of course, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them and ye shall have them. See, we pray still like in a religious system, God, please do it. God, do it. God, this, God. No, believe. This is the gospel. You want the gospel? This is the gospel. Believe and you shall receive, having no doubt. You want the fire, you want the anointing? Ask for it and believe it. Don't ask for it and say, I hope it happens. Now, if God has another plan and he does something else, that's something different. But you have authority. See, this is the keys to the kingdom. Is he, he gives you the keys to ask and have it. Whatever the kingdom has, when, it's, when you need a revelation, you ask. If a man asks for wisdom, ask, but without doubt. There's that scripture too. Ask for wisdom. So when you have wisdom, why do you keep waiting on God? Ask him for the wisdom. Because the keys to the kingdom of God are in your hands. So he's going to back up his word and he's going to give it to you because he told you he would give it to you. He told you he's going to, he's going to he said, whatever I, whatever I have, they shall have. The same glory that was in me is now in them. Whatever you shall have, you shall, whatever you shall ask, you shall have. But don't ask in unbelief. Asking in wonder, saying, is it going to happen, is unbelief. Asking back with the backing of Jesus' word, knowing that he shall give, is faith. And God moves on faith. Faith moves God. You want God, you're waiting for God to move, but God's saying, you need to move me with faith. Don't move me with no flesh now. Don't give me no bad aroma. But move me with my word, because I, need, I back up my word. See, I'm not saying go out there and just do whatever. No, I'm saying go move on the word, and then he moves on it. You want the spirit to move, well, start activating the kingdom by the word, and the spirit will back the word. Matthew 7, 7 through 9, more confirmation. Ask, and it shall be given. Seek, and you shall find it. Knock, and it shall be opened. you waiting. For, Jesus is waiting to knock on your bed. Why aren't you knocking at his door? He's saying, knock on my door. See, you need to have this boldness that you can just go right to the throne and say, I need a word today. I need the power today. I need the manifestation today. But because you don't get any of it or you get so little of it because you don't ask for it, you don't go boldly knocking. What are you spending all your time doing? How come, you, how come we get so religious and only are, are, are in the spirit on three days a week? Because during the week, like Marlene was saying, the service never ends. During the week, we don't ask. We come here and we ask and we see. We come here and we seek and we find. But how come and we go back and then it's like this lukewarmness wants to come up because you should be asking and knocking all the time. When you get in a bind, you bind. When you need him to feed you, the river is inside of you and you ask it to move and it moves. God is no respecter of person. He wants to do it. He wants to move. He wants to give you these things. He wants to release himself onto you. You just have to have the boldness that you have the keys that will that go boldly saying, speaking, asking whatever you're doing, and he 
then that's when he's like, oh yeah, I want to give to him. Because this is one that's hungry. See, this, this makes you hungry because then you know that it shall be given. Not shall be given in your own lust where you're, oh, it's all about your lifestyle and all that. I'm talking about spiritual things that you ask for, it shall be given. He wants to give you all those things. So if, knowing that he wants to do that, knowing what his word says about coming boldly, knowing that it says it, that believe it, you, that you have it, not saying believe I have it like pretending, yeah, I have the word. Well, let me just start speaking. No, that he's going to download it to you at the right time. That's, that's the type of faith he wants us to move in. That's when you start pouring out with manna like you've never seen before, meat that you've never, never seen before. That's when you start moving in power like you've never seen before is you start moving in that boldness. And this is 1 John 5, 14, 15. And this is the confidence that we have. Everybody say this. And this is the confidence that I have. What is that confidence? If we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. What's his will? To give you the kingdom. What's his will? To give you all power and authority, to give you dominion, to give you relationship, to give you oil, to give you fire, to give you man, all these things we always cry out for. Stop crying out for it. Believe for it. He said, it's his will. It's his will to give you his will for your life. You want to know for your will, his, your, his will for your life? It's his will to give, give you his will. You shouldn't be wandering around saying, what's God's will? Then people just give up and they say, everything's God's will. If I die tomorrow and fall and get hit by a car, it's God's will. But if you're living for Satan, it's, his, it's Satan's will. It's God's will if you ask to walk in God's will and you walk and you obey that. But some of us don't even know God's will, but we have authority and boldness to get God's will because he says, I want to give this to you. Ask boldly, though. Ask confidently, knowing that this is the keys to the kingdom, that you have the keys. And if we know that he hears us, if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. We know that we have it. Whatever we desired of him, we know that it's ours. That's the Bible. Mark 11, 24 to 33. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. And when ye stand praying, forgive if you ought against, have ought against anybody. See, all these things, these things, forgiveness, unforgiveness, all these things, they block us from being bold. That's why we, we actually don't want to sin and get in the flesh and all these things, because everything that I'm saying is null and void when you do that, because then, then you start to feel like, oh, I can't. You don't even get that boldness. God doesn't even give you the boldness. It's that we, shall be, we should be as bold as he is. So why are we not bold as he is? Well, if you've got things that are unchecked in your life, there's, it's going to keep ministering to your conscience and keep searing your conscience, and then you're not even going to be able to, because you know that you're wrong. You know you feel convicted. You feel condemned. Yeah, there's no condemnation in Jesus Christ, but those that walk by the flesh, there is condemnation. You can have condemnation tomorrow if tomorrow you decide to walk in your own will. But in the spirit, it's always... Now, as the devil tries to come on you as the accuser of the brethren and tries to make a false claim and you believe it, then that does bring condemnation. But why are you believing the lies of the enemy? You need to be a master of voices. You need to know which voice is what. Because the enemy, when you get to a certain place where you start to dominate the enemy 
and it starts to be a thing where he doesn't even bother you as much, he starts to come in deceivingly and starts to act like God almost. It starts to be like making you think that you're wrong for this, you're wrong for that. Oh, you're not doing enough of this, you're not doing enough of that. And then you start trying to do those things and live up to those things and you can never live up to it. You can never bear it because that doesn't have the grace on it to do. But when it's from him, when it's his conviction, it always has grace to move on it. But when it's from the devil, it's, he puts you around the mountain, still trying and achieving. If you're striving, it's probably the devil's got you wrapped in some sort of thing that you're trying to arrive to that you'll never get to because it's not from God. And they come again to Jerusalem. And as he was walking in the temple, there come to him the chief priests and scribes and elders and say it unto him, By what authority do you do, you do these things? What are you going to do when they come to you? And the, or Let's not even think about the people because most of the time, most of us are at the level where we can overcome people. We know when the flies are around. We know when they're even on Facebook. But how about when the devil comes? What authority do you think you have? What authority do you think you have that you could just do this or do that or you can cast me out or you can tell me when to go or you can tell me when to do this? What authority do you think you can just preach that or say that? You need to know what authority you have. You need to know where it's coming. That's when this comes back, and then you come back, and you stand on it and say, no, this, the word, no, the rock. You, need, you want to be stable in the last days? You need to stand on the rock. I had that dream that one that I, that I spoke in that other one about the floods and all the things were coming from the ocean, and, trying to, and I was in this car, but then I, I, I hit into this rock, but it was a white rock, like the Holy Spirit, whatever, and it kept me still. In the times of trouble, in the times of storm, it kept me still. The word keeps me still. The word, when the word governs my mind and they come and say, what authority do you think you come from? You say, I got the keys to the kingdom though. It is written. And then even when the Pharisees come or the Sadducees come, it is written. You beat them at their own word. All the cessationists come. Well, they're going to say, whoa, it's not, it's not for you anymore. They won't even refute you that Jesus said to the disciples, you have the power and authority. They'll just tell you that it's not there anymore. But you have to overcome and know that his words are life and his words are peace and his words do not pass away. And, there, and he said, what, if, what authority do I do these things? The baptism of John, was it from heaven or of man? Answer me. And they reasoned with themselves saying, if, ye shall, if, what, if we shall say from heaven, he will say, why then did, they, did ye not believe him? But if we shall say of men, they feared the people, for all men counted John that he was a prophet indeed. And they answered and said unto Jesus, We cannot tell. And Jesus answering saith unto them, Neither do I tell you by what authority I do these things. You don't need to, you don't need to, people don't need to be, don't let people think that they that you, make you think in your mind that they need to be affirmed or confirmed that you have authority or not. The Bible says it. God says it. Jesus says it. Don't let people tell you that it's not for you because you're worried about what they think about it. If Jesus was worried about what the Pharisees thought, he would have been like, uh, no, but he said, it's none of your business. You need to tell the devil it's none of your business. It is written. You need to tell people, God said, I can do this. Because our authority is his authority. Our authority is backed under his backing. Last, last scripture and then we'll close. Everybody can stand up if you want. <laughs> John 4. 7, 14. Let's just skip down. The woman saith to 11. Oh, this is the woman at the well. Then saith to the, to the Samaritan woman, 
unto him, or say, saith the Samaritan unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, ask drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samarians. Jesus answered and said unto her, See, but he was, it wasn't about Jews or Samaritans, all that. He had the kingdom of God authority. It wasn't even about land authority. It was the kingdom of God was there. The woman said unto her, Sir, thou hast not nothing to draw with, and the well is deep, for whence then hast thou the living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which he gave us at, at the well? So if Abraham, well, you talk about Jacob, well, how about Jacob and Abraham and all these guys that were able to have the inheritance, that were able to believe God for things and it would happen, and they were Old Testament and you're New Testament, you're supposed to be greater than the former, you're any, any, uh, the least in the kingdom are greater than John the Baptist, and you're going to tell me you can't walk in that kind of faith, but Abraham and Jacob and all these guys can do, but it says you're greater than the greatest prophet in the Bible. So what is the deal? Are you going to believe like it or not? When you believe like it, you live like it. Are thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the will? Are you greater than John the Baptist? Are you greater than Abraham? Are you greater than Jacob? Are you greater than, than Jeremiah? Yes or no? That's the question you've got to answer in your mind. Are you going to believe Jesus' words? You're greater. Not greater like better. It's, it's because you have something greater inside of you. They only had the words that God gave them, and they had to move off those words. Now you have his word and his spirit and the blood and the water and the spirit, and they bear witness of each other. Are thou greater of our father which gave us, and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? See, even Jacob drank thereof the his own well that he had. Now you have a well inside of you. You can drink of your own well. Rivers of living water you can drink from now. You have the well inside of you. That's what we're getting to with this scripture. You, the well that she was seeking for. See, in religion, we seek for the well, and we're trying to draw at the well. But God's saying, draw on you. Even, and especially five-fold ministers, they have gifts and all these things, and then they don't even use it. Or you, everybody, has, everybody in, a, in a real apostolic ministry has gifts, and we, we draw at the well. We drop the bucket and our spirit. But we're still trying to drop the bucket like the Samaritan woman. Well, you need to stop thinking like the Samaritan woman. You need to think like the Samaritan woman that went left the well and started being the well. And people started to draw to her in her own city. She became a well to her own city. She started to preach the gospel. She started to walk in the kingdom of God right there. She took the keys and said, oh, I'm saving the whole city. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with the keys? Are you just going to let them hang on your key ring? Or are you just going to and look at them and say, I have the keys, but they're over there? Or are you going to start turning things with it? Are you going to start putting them in doorknobs? Are you going to start putting them in things and, and, make the, and open doors that no man can shut? Because God shall open them if it's in his will. Jesus said and answered on them, Whatsoever drinketh of this water shall, shall thirst again. Why are you thirsting again? But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst again. Why are you thirsting? Because you don't realize you got the well. It's not that you can't draw from the well. It's that because you're not drawing from the well. You keep trying to go here and go there. And yes, we do need to draw from brothers and sisters but when we keep going, uh, and when we have to go on YouTube and search up videos and keep drawing from people that you don't even know and sweat, dirty, dry cistern, broken cisterns, and you keep trying to draw from the well. But he's saying, what about the kingdom of God inside of you? How about that? It's greater than John the Baptist. It's greater 
It's greater than principalities and powers. It's greater than that well that was made by man, by the hands of man. But you were made by the hands of God. You were formed in your mother's womb. And now I have given you what I have made that no man can touch that will last forever. But whosoever drinketh this water shall I give them never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him, in you, in her, in him, in Roman, in that one, in this one. A, a, water, a well of water springing unto everlasting life. See, that well of water, as we continue to rely on the spring of the well of water, it brings us onto eternal life. We continue to, to feed from it. We continue to, to let it make us drink. We continue to let it fill our storehouses. If your storehouses are empty, if, your things, if, if things in your life are depleted, look at, draw from the well. You got the keys, ask and it shall be given. You got the keys, ask for a fish and he won't give you a stone. He will be faithful. Ask for this, ask for that. Move, command things, bind things, loose things. Tell the enemy to go. This is the kingdom authority that we have. We have the keys to the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is inside of you. It's not just inside of your brother or sister. It's inside of you. You have authority over your life. You have authority over your emotions. You have authority. And that's the type of authority that Jesus was talking about. But we need, you need to put your hands to the plow. You need to take the keys and you need to start doing things. Father, we just thank you right now, Father. We take the keys right now, Father. We put eye solvent on our eyes, Father, that we will see different, Father. We put oil on our ears, Father, that we will hear different, Father. Not hear what we want to hear. Let this word become flesh in us, Father. Let this word guard us night and day, Father, for we shall be hidden in the shadow of the Most High, Father. That is also our authority, the protection of God. The shields of the earth are God, our gods. They shall guard us. All the shields, the protection that is on this earth, the hedge of protection is ours. It's not the enemies. It's not when you're this or that. It's, it's yours by the blood of Jesus, by the blood of the Lamb. And we thank you, Lord, that we would walk in this confidence. And when I have the confidence, it's just an echo that I'm believing that my faith is real. My faith without works is dead. If I really believe it, I will put my hand to the plow. If I really rely on it, it's not just a believing that I just think it's real. It's a believing that I trust in it and rely on it and do it. And I expect to see it without doubt. Not wavering like many men do, not thinking one day about it and then the next day saying, that's not true, uh, I don't know. No, wavering and standing until the storm passes, wavering and standing until his mission is complete. Thank you, Father. Just rest on us tonight, Father. Give us this confidence. Reassure your word, Father. Let miracles, signs, and wonders follow us, Father. Let us trample upon scorpions and serpents, and we shall drink any deadly thing that shall not harm us. We are overcomers by the blood of the Lamb, Father, and the word of our testimony. I'm going to start making my testimony grow. I'm going to start seeing things. I'm going to start making things happen by the, by the wellspring in me. And I'm going to increase my testimony so that every time the enemy tries to accuse me, I can look back and say, well, the word, it worked. The word, it made things happen. The word, it shall, it is my foundation. It is my strong tower. Thank you, Jesus, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.